You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen into a message from Pastor Brandon Sharp. So they say the only two things certain in life are death and taxes, right? But once again, they lie. And once again, they don't know what they're talking about. Because Jesus could come back before we die, and who knows what could happen with taxes. So it's just not true. We're going to talk about two things that are much more certain in life this morning, and that is failure and God being with us through it. Those two things are certain. In my future, in your future, in our future as a church, we will fail, and God will be there to walk us through it. You'll never hear death and taxes the same, will you? So, so y'all, it, it, I always try to be vulnerable with you. I always try to be real with you. I want you to be the same way with me. And so it comes from a, from a difficult place, and it comes from a, a real place in, in me, and just been walking through some, through some failures with some people that I love and that are, that are close. And, uh, and it's difficult. So, so in this process, you're walking through, you're, you're taking, in, taking in things and information that's difficult to hear, right? That's, it's, 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 it can be overwhelming. And, and you're taking it in with, with the right people that you trust and love. And, and so I was processing a situation recently with a friend of mine, and, and this is what he said, and I'm so grateful to God. Brandon, your response is lacking compassion. Your response is lacking compassion. And it, is, it has some intolerance on it, and I don't think that is the Lord. And I love people, men and women of God in my life, that will tell me the truth in love and walk with me. And so that conversation sent me on some soul-searching, a soul-searching journey to say, Lord, are they right? Because <laughs> we always feel like we're right, y'all. And as soon as rebuke comes, we go, eh. is it just me? Okay. And so, so I went to the Father and searched my heart. And he, and he has some things to share with me, and he had some things to share in his word with me. And I just want to have a conversation with my family this morning and, and pass those things along. So, so that, that is what we're talking about today. Again, another message with all that's uncertain. Let's talk about the things that are certain, and that is navigating failures. And how can we do that well in a way that honors the Lord, honors our family, and, and really benefits us in a way more than maybe we we understand. You guys with me? So far? Let's go to Galatians 6.1. You will be happy and surprised and maybe not believe me when I say this is the only passage we're turning to today. I got, I got five verses for you, and, and they're all together. So, so we're just going to walk through and let the Lord minister to us. So Galatians 6.1, let me tell you what's going on in Galatians, give you a little bit of context. You know what's going on in Galatia? They're people. People. And people are messy, and people are immature, 
And people make bad decisions and, and, and people bite back and, and there's turmoil and there's, there's envy, there's strife, there's division. There's these things going on in the church at Galatia that, that Paul is trying to speak to. It, it reminded me a little bit as I was kind of just trying to get the grasp of the larger picture. Uh, it sounded a little bit like the Corinthian church, which again was full of people. And, and so Paul is dealing with those things and he's trying to speak and he's trying to bring life and you have, you have Judaizers that are trying to get in and say, no, you have to be circumcised. No, you have to keep the law. And Paul's saying, you started out in the spirit. You started out in faith. You're gonna finish with works? Are you gonna finish with this, this focus on, on your performance or what you accomplish or what you don't accomplish? If anyone gets circumcised, the, the cross of Christ is useless. Why does he say that? Because once we start looking to, to our, our works and what we do, and it becomes about our own righteousness, we've set Jesus aside at that point, right? We've set the cross aside at that point. So when we pick it up in one, all we have to do is look up 6-1. All we have to do is look up one verse where he says, let us not become conceited, pride, provoking one another, making each other unhealthily jealous and envying one another. So you can see right there that there's people looking down on the other. There is, there is unhealthy leadership. There is an unhealthy use of the gifts and where the Lord's moving, where you have some lording that over and you have others envying. And this is the mess of where we pick up Galatians 6.1. Good, so far? So in 6.1, are you there? Tell me, tell me, Brandon, I'm there. There, in 6.1, brethren, when he says brethren, that's an indictment right there. Think about what they were doing. So when he, it's, it's not like a greeting. It's like your brothers, your family, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, we're going to read all five. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Somebody say, Brandon, that's confusing. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're walking through it because Paul said, bear each other's, and then Paul said, bear your own. So which is it, Paul? Like, is, is, is Paul having, having another moment where he's confused? You know, Peter says, some of the things he writes, y'all, they're kind of they're hard to understand. And this is another one of those, but, but I think if we can take it in context and, and walk through it and connect it all, we can see that he's not talking in circles. In fact, he is, he is bearing the heart of God in a beautiful way. First thing, we got some big things to cover in verse one. I may not get past verse one, y'all. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. If a man is overtaken in any trespass. You know, when you think about being overtaken, it's not pretty. It's not, it's not calculated. It's not, it's not seen. It's, it's like that fall, that trip that you mentioned the other day. Pastor Alex, when you were, when you were preaching, this is, this, is, this is sudden, this is unexpected, this is, this is, this is tragic. And, and this is a moment where, where, where the Galatians were doing what we do. This is human tendency. What, Brandon? Get it out your mouth. Thinking that we can control sin. 
thinking that we can control how far we, we go, thinking that we can play, thinking that, that it, won't, it won't go there for me. It's not that serious. I'm okay. And, and I just want you to see, you'll be overtaken. I'll be overtaken. There are other scriptures we can look to. A, little, a few foxes, they spoil it all. A little leaven, it leavens the whole, the whole lump, right? And so, and so you go, listen, y'all, this is not a heavy message. This is a light message. This is an encouraging message. But there is a warning right here. You need to circle, underline, circle in blood, overtaken, because it, it needs to reveal the nature of sin to us in a way that our, our culture has lost a little bit. I read Charles Spurgeon, I don't know, a week or two ago. And, and y'all, he was talking about sin in a way that I am unfamiliar with. And, and, and a lot of times I think the church has become unfamiliar with. And, and you know, we're not gonna go here, but I am gonna mention it. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight. Having a, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the, and the sin, which does what, church? so easily entangles us, so easily entangles us. You're no match for hell. I'm no match for hell. You're no match for the power of sin. Neither am I. Like, Brandon, that's blasphemy. No, it's not. Not when we think we are. Not when we're not leaning in to the Lord well, not when we're continuing to do things without repentance and without a, a heart, without wrestling, without struggle, without God deliver me from this. If we're, if we're in that place, you're in that place, I'm in that place, you are no match for darkness. It will chew you up and spit you out. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it, right? And so just that moment of sobriety you know, as I was thinking through, and, and one of the things that, that the Lord just brought, I think, it, I think it was him, is God himself had to die to overcome darkness. Right? That is the cross. God took the life of God himself to overcome the powers of hell. And so, let's know our enemy. Right? If we think our enemy light, we're defeated already. If we think it not serious, we're, we're gone already. And so, so just that moment of, of sobriety. All right, Lord, you can, bring, you can bring life back in the room. But this is another, this is another, so that's one for me in this verse. Two is you who are spiritual. You who are spiritual, restore such a one. This is, this is so important for us right here, right? Like, Brennan, you're not preaching great right now. That's okay. Just, just, just hear. This is so important for us. If you're struggling and if you're overtaken in a trespass and, and no one else knows about it and you're just processing it with the Father alone, I don't believe you'll get free. I don't believe you'll be restored. 
Why? It's not God's design. God's design in that place, God's plan for restoration in that place, you know what his plan is? Those who are spiritual. You go, really, Brandon? Like, I just can't, I just can't process it with the Father. I really have to open up and let someone else in? Yes. Yes. God is, God is not, going to, not going to cater to your pride. He's not gonna cater to my pride, right? He's not gonna cater to, I don't wanna deal with the humiliation. I don't wanna deal with the shame. I don't wanna deal with the pain. I don't wanna deal with what this person or that person might think of me. Right? He's not going to cater to any of those things. You know, here's my other thought. If, if every one of us, right, I would love for, for, for just the song that we sing, that revival's in the air, to bring it. And I love that song. Beautiful. But you know what? That doesn't bring revival. You know what brings revival? Vulnerability. Transparency. Honesty. Letting the, letting the mass down, letting other people into those areas of your life and my life that are super guarded and dirty and secretive and embarrassing. And if every one of us in this body of believers took this, this challenge and this, this word from God seriously and said, all right, all right, Brandon, I've been trying for five years to beat this thing, just talking to the Father God about it, and it hadn't worked. And if every one of us in that place would find someone spiritual, someone trusted, someone who loves the Lord, someone who loves prayer, someone who loves the church, someone that's been walking with God more than a week, someone spiritual to lean into, what would our community and this body look like? You know, sometimes we make it all about programs and small groups, and that's coming from the small group's pastor. What if we just leaned in the way that the Lord prescribes us to lean in and where we're struggling? We stop struggling alone. Don't struggle alone. Not in this church. Not in this body of believers. Not with these people sitting on your right and on your left who will restore you. Not judge you. Not condemn you. Not beat you up. Not make you feel small not come at you with, with, with anger or intolerance. You wanna know why? Because if they're really spiritual, God's dealing with them. If they're really spiritual, they're heeding words of their own. They're moving in that place, and they'll be soft, and they'll be gentle. They'll be, they'll be what this scripture says. Today is a great day to lean in. The provision is from the Father, it comes through his people. You guys with me? Okay, now seriously, the air can come back in the room. Last thing I'll say on you who are spiritual is this. <clears throat> the people that God calls spiritual are the people that are out there restoring others. Okay? So, so if you're not doing that, you're not looking for that. You're not engaging there. You're not asking the Father, give me opportunities to help restore someone else. You may not be spiritual. Not, not as the Lord defines it, right? This is discipleship. This is the church being church. This is, this is loving each other well, right here. Let's, let's be about restoring one another in a spirit of gentleness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
why, why is a spirit of gentleness so needed? One, it's the only spirit that we're qualified to come in, right? The mess we've been, the enemy of God that we've been, the way that we've been rescued, what the cross has accomplished for us, what we have to bring God in our own strength, and what we're walking through right now, right? You got mess. Tell your neighbor, you got mess. Look at me and say, you got mess. We got mess. And so you have a person in a mess coming to a person who has mess and saying, help me be restored. That is church. And there's no other way to do that than with a spirit of gentleness. Not if we have our own mess in mind. And so it's the only thing we're qualified for and it's the only thing that's needed in that moment. Because when you have someone who's overtaken in sin, sin has beat them up enough. The wages of sin that are death, that person is walking through right now. We're not talking about someone who's not looking for restoration. We're not talking about someone who's not repentant. We're talking about someone who says, I wanna be restored. That person has been beat up enough. They need someone to love. They need someone to listen. They need someone with compassion. They need someone to say, it's gonna be okay. You're not alone. God can redeem. God can restore. I don't look at you any different than the way I've always looked at you which is created in the image of God for his glory. A spirit of gentleness. Now, why can it be difficult, church? Why can it be tough, right? What were some of the wrestlings going on in me? People that I love got hurt. People that I love got hurt. And when, when people that you consider to be like family get hurt, it makes you angry, right? When, when people get hurt unnecessarily, when God always provides a way of escape. He always provides a way of escape. The context of that scripture is temptation. It's sin. So not only do we have real hurt, but we have unnecessary real hurt. And so it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to fight through emotions. It's okay just, just wrestle. Just fight through. Just get perspective of, of the mess you've been and the mess you still are and just get perspective of what's needed because in that moment, that temple, that heart, that real person is torn down and they need to be restored and they need to be built back up. Let me tell you why else it can be difficult. We're self-righteous. Ah, help me, Jesus. We're self-righteous. We forget where we've come from, right? Especially when we're, we're truly embracing God and he's truly doing a work of freedom in our life. And you can really look back and go, yeah, I was bound, but now I'm free. We can forget. We can forget what that feels like. We can forget that turmoil. We can forget what it felt like to, to look for light at the end of the tunnel and not see it. Because it, time, right? Time elapses, and so, so, so we, we forget, and then we lose sight of this. Any victory you have in your life is not your own. Any victory I have in my life is, is not my own. I can't take credit. It's the reason Paul says, all that I am, I am by grace. Without God's grace, anything good you see wouldn't be there. And so it is an ownership versus a stewardship mentality. I don't own freedom, I steward freedom. Right? I didn't author freedom. I'm just getting to walk it out. 
And when we keep that in mind, it can, it can allow compassion to well up in us. It can keep us from this place of, of thinking that we're something when we're, when we're nothing. And then there's no sliding scale. Their sin is no worse than yours. Their sin is no worse than mine. From the father's perspective, you missed it, kiddo. You missed it. But Brandon, they did this. I know. Right? And you did this. And before the father, it's equal. And that will empower what? What is, what is this all about? A spirit of gentleness. That will empower that when you can go, listen, you're broken right here. And I'm broken right here. And it's all broken before God. So let's heal together. That will keep us from any pharisaical place when we realize brokenness is just brokenness. I've got a friend who says it this way. We're all one stupid decision away from looking like we've never known God a day in our life. It is good. You know what else it is? True. True. Right? The sin which so easily ensnares us. We're fragile, church. It's one of the biggest things I need to hear. It's one of the biggest things I believe you need to hear. We're fragile. We're frail. Right? It doesn't mean we need to walk around in fear. It means we, it means we need to, talk with another friend this week, it means we need to hold on tight to him. Like, hold on. Like, bear hug. You know, like the kind, like Jesus might say, can you loosen up your grip a little bit? Because I can't breathe. Lord, I know how fragile I am. I know how easy I can, I can swerve. I know how easily I could go back. That's what he said of the ones who came out of Egypt. If they, if they, called, if they called that former country to mind, they, they would go back. He, he knows, he knows. It's not an insult to his work in us. Not, not as long as we're in this flesh to say, oh, I'm fragile. Oh, I need to lean in. Like I can't be sustained by the last 20 years. Right? I can't be sustained by the applause that other people give. I can't even be sustained if I impress my wife. You know? I can't be, I can't be sustained by the affirmation that the Lord gave yesterday. That is the beauty of the picture of fresh manna that, that could not be eaten from the day before. It is, it is the daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. This is what has the power to sustain. One more thing that I think can empower compassion is this. We struggle to understand each other's failures. We struggle to understand each other's sin because what you struggle with is not what I struggle with. My struggle might be anger, right? Your struggle might be gambling. And I go, really? That's your struggle? Like, I don't even, that's not even on my radar. There's nothing that pulls me in that direction. They go, really? Anger? Like, there's a struggle there. And, and what we don't understand, it can be hard to find compassion in that place. What we have to do is go, your X is my Y, right? So as, so as hard as I fight anger, and as, as long as I've been tripped up in that place and cried out to God and said, will it, will it ever get any easier? Will I ever change? Will I ever be free? Like as hard as that place is for me, that is your gambling. That's how hard you struggle. Your X my why, spirit of gentleness, place of compassion. Can you see it? Do you get it? 
This is, this is learning to speak someone else's language, learning to have empathy towards someone else's struggle. And we have to do it because otherwise when they reach out and, they, and they're, they're coming to you, like this is, here you go, they're coming to you. And we have to be moved with compassion. And we have to be in touch with the spirit of gentleness or we will not help people. And we will not restore people effectively. <laughs> you know, one of the most beautiful things I think about this scripture is when I walk through the frailties of others with them, when I walk through the brokenness that others are, are walking through with them, I go, oh my goodness, Lord. Like, I could see it maybe over here in this person, but this person right here, I couldn't, I couldn't see that in. And you know what it reminds me of? Human frailty. It, it keeps me in that place of, Lord, if it could happen to them, it could happen to me, right? That person right there, they're, they're as solid as I consider myself to be. They love people as much as I do. They love the church as much as I do. They love your word, God. And if they can fall, and they can struggle like that, I can fall. I can struggle like that right there. So there is this considering yourself in this process. There, there is this looking inward, and, and, and that's where Paul's going. But in two, he says, bear one another's burdens and, and, and so fulfill the law of, of Christ, y'all. And, and, and listen, that gets to be a, a, a tricky place and a difficult place because if we're, if we're honest with each other, here's what we'll say. Man, like, like Brandon, I have to fight it because, because when I see that person struggle or fall, it almost makes me feel good just me y'all oh thank you Jesus thank you Lord it, it almost makes me feel good because because I play the comparative game and I go ah I, maybe I'm in a better place than I thought because at least I'm not that oh we sound like the Pharisee we sound like the Pharisee but it's so easy for us to get there right so this is, this is the rejoicing that he's talking about in, in four. He'll have rejoicing in himself alone, not in another. In another's what? In another's failure. Oh my God, help us. We rejoice in other people's failures because we find affirmation in it. But God can deliver us and God can teach us in this, in, this, in this place. And this is, this is what was going on in Galatians. I read this in the Expositor's Bible Commentary. I'm gonna read a little bit uh, to you guys this morning. The disaster befalling one reveals the common peril. It is the signal for every member of the church to take heed to himself. The scrutiny which it calls for belongs to each man's private conscience. Talking about their failure helps us process our frailty. The fall of a Christian brother should be in any case the occasion of heart searching and profound humiliation. Feelings of indifference towards him, much more of contempt will prove the prelude of a worse overthrow of ourselves. Listen. Listen. I'm going to read these next two and then we'll, we'll finish the scriptures. The Galatians were fighting it. We fight it. It's all over in our culture. The stumbling brother is pushed into a fall. 
and the fallen man who might have been helped to his feet is left to lie there. The object of unpitying reproach. Indeed, the lapse of his neighbor is to the vainglorious man a cause of satisfaction rather than a cause of sorrow. The other's weakness serves for a foil to his strength. Deliver us from that place, Lord. It's everywhere in our culture. It's everywhere in competition. It's everywhere in business. It's everywhere in money. It's everywhere in politics. You find failure, you expose failure, and you capitalize on failure, other people's failure. Their failure is your elevation. May it not be in the house of God. May it not be in the hearts of of God's people. May it not be in this church that the only thing that would be in my mind, in your mind, when we encounter the failure of others is restoration and our own frailty and the redeeming power of God that can, that can come then and, and now. But, but honestly, y'all, I, I think most of us guard our heart you know, against that place probably pretty well. Honestly, I think, I think where we get to and, and where I get to, we get tired. We get tired. And you just don't wanna deal with it right? And the, and, the, and the more solid you think the person is, then it's easier to be frustrated, right? And you go, you go, your bed, you lay in it. Why does that, why does that have to be my burden? We get there. It's more of a place of indifference, right? It's more of a place of that right there, that's not my responsibility. Except bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, except without someone that was willing to say, yeah, your burden, which, which really has nothing to do with me, I'll take that burden on. I'll let your burden be my burden, except for the fact that apart from this right here, there's no gospel. You have no hope. We have no hope apart from the spirit of Christ, which says, I'll let your burden be my burden. We'll, we'll walk this together. That's why it fulfills his law. It's, it's who he is. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Two things right there real quick. One, if you're not motivated toward engaging the struggles of other people, you might think yourself something that you're not. And, and two, I believe that this process of restoring one another will keep us from this place. Why? constantly have how frail we are in front of us, right? Keeps us humble, keeps us sober. It keeps us seeing three things. The horror of sin, the frailty of man, and the redemption of of God. Those three things, we need to see them all steadily. The horror of sin, the frailty of man, and the redemption of God because the testimony of Jesus, it is the spirit of prophecy, right? And so this isn't all just like sober and how fragile we are and all those things. No, we see the miracles that God works. We see the restoration. We see that he uses the same stones to rebuild the temple and the latter glory, it's greater than the former. We see all those things and we go, God, if you could do that right there in Paul and Marine, what can you do in my marriage? Right? What can you do in my family? What can you do in this other struggle? So it goes both ways, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. The whole time, church, 
that we're walking through restoration with one another and witnessing the horror of sin, the frailty of, of human beings, and our desperate need to lean in, and the redemption that God can bring the whole time we're examining ourselves. The whole time. And then we can have that examination and then God can speak to us and then, and then God, we can respond to him and then he can change us and then he can mold us and shape us into his image and then we can have rejoicing in our response to God and celebrate the victories instead of celebrating someone else's fall and, and failure. When we do that, each one, shall bear his own load. From the commentary, let each man try his own work, he cries. Judge yourselves instead of judging one another. Mind your own duty rather than your neighbor's faults. Do not think of your, your worth or talents in comparison with theirs. Oh, we give into that game so easy. But see to it that your work is right. The question for each of us is not, what do others fail to do? But what am I myself really doing? What will my life's work amount to when measured by that which God expects from me? This question shuts each man up with his own conscience. It anticipates the final judgment day. Every one of us must give account of himself to God. Reference to the conduct of others is here out of place. The petty comparisons which feed our vanity and our class prejudices are of no avail at the bar of God. I'm, <laughs> I may be able, gosh, I may be able for every fault of my own to find someone else's more faulty, but this makes me no better. It is the intrinsic, not the comparative worth of character and daily work of which God takes account. If we study our brother's work, it should be with a view to enable him to do better or to learn to improve our own by his example, not in order to find excuses for ourselves in his shortcomings. You receive that? You receive that? When, when we do this well, when our business is to restore another, then in that place, we can, we can bear our own load we'll be equipped in that place to bear our own load. And we'll be, we'll be preparing for that final judgment day when it's only gonna be me before Almighty God. It's only going to be you before Almighty God. Each, each one will bear his own load. But while we have time, we can bear it together. We can lean in together. And so may we do that well right there. You guys can stand. We'll pray. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.